0: Yes, this is Giddy Up on uh, this Tuesday, the 30th of January. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN tractile right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. It is day three of the Caracas sales here in New Zealand. Thanks to New Zealand bloodstock and we are live once again at Caracas. So it was another pretty handy day yesterday. Probably not as good as day one, but still the numbers are better than they were 12 months ago, which is always a great sign. So it's a big show coming your way. Mickey Gurren will join us shortly. Andrew Seabrook, the CEO of NZB. The captain, Guy Molcaster will join us. It was a grumpy Guy Moldcaster this morning. Um, but he was always like only what Guy can produce. He's a little bit different, but he's had a big sale. He bought 10 horses over the last couple of days. Phil Cataldo is an interesting character. He is one of the best bloodstock agents here in New Zealand. He buys a lot of horses from the trials, horses like I'm Thunderstruck, um, FodI Racing and Michael Kent Jr. And Mickey Price. So we'll catch up with Phil. We'll also have a chat to Russell Warwick from Westbury Stud. We've got our bag of tips with all of our experts, um, the midweek masterclass as we try and find you a few winners tomorrow. And Facing the Breeze will be interesting with Jack Trainer and Anthony Butt because we've got... Of course, the Hunter Cup this Saturday night. Plus Hong Kong Corner towards the back end. And also catch up with Mark Chittick, the boss of Waikato Stud. So looking forward to that. The man that's done all of the hard work for the New Zealand Herald. Um, and works for NZB And he's one of the great racing journalists ever to be produced I speak of Mickey Guerin Hello to you Mick, thanks for joining us on Giddy Up on this Tuesday Morning Gareth, big hi to all your listeners I hope they, their day started well in Australia For those who are
1: listening there and not on the app back here in New Zealand And I tell you what, day three started well here There's a bit of a battle in the auditorium yes. I think about 500,000 I think For lot 482 <clears throat> A Prasir who, dare I say it Maybe the new king of Karaka. Gee, I there's think been he money, is. Money for the Prasir's. And look, they, 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 they are beautiful horses. But yep. Seven has been the king for a long time, but I think Prasir is the heir apparent, if yep. not the king. And right now, if you're listening at home and playing along, a time test colt is going into the ring. He is a half-brother to Penny Wicker, the New Zealand Star yes. of the Year, the ATC Oaks winner, and, of course, the New Zealand Oaks winner. She's been retired, and her bro by Time Test, so that we'll have that Time Test leg speed, which might sharpen one of the great staying families of New Zealand up, so she'll be an interesting or he'll be an interesting lot through the ring now Stay is slightly different, Um, they don't appeal to everybody, Gareth, but being by Time Test, who actually holds the track record of Ascot over 2,000 metres so Time Test is a horse who can handle firmer ground, so the Australians can buy them, and he's had 12 Northern Hemisphere winners so far in 2024, so this horse will go for good money, but whether he appeals to the syndicated market, I'm not quite sure.
0: Sam Williams has done a wonderful job identifying those type of stallions, like the time test and also Per and Canto. He's had another successful... Sailing away, even though he's getting a little older, he was a little bit like yourself, Mickey. He was a late mature as a stallion, very, very immature. and yeah,
1: found more girlfriends later in life. See what he does leave, yes. he, he leaves a beast of a horse. He leaves horses with big, round asses and big shoulders, yeah. and they're very balanced. Sometimes yeah. you see those horses with the big, big ass, yes, the yes. Ru- and they're not balanced. The purencantos yeah. are very balanced, and you're buying a lot of horse, yeah, they're not particularly tall, yeah, but yes, they are, they are often five. 500 kilos because yeah. they carry so much muscle. And for the Asian market, 500 kilos for a lot of people, not everybody, because some of the capitalists yeah. are smaller than that. But, yes, that that's the target market. You get them to 500, 520 uh, by the time they turn two and
0: everybody's happy. Um, the sales are better than they were last year. I thought when we went to Magic Millions there might be just a little bit of a downturn because of the economies these days, but it hasn't been the case. What's been really interesting is the, do- the difference in buying
1: strategies, like when people go to the Magics, they're yeah. looking to buy those big, beautiful Zoo Star Colts and, and obviously Vinnies and those sort of things. And, and they're hoping they're going to turn them into stallions. Yeah. I think there's a potential, there's a little bit of Colt syndicate stallion making type stuff here. Yesterday there was a schnitzel for eight twenty five yeah. out of Rondonella. So yes, he has a stallion's pedigree. But more here, you're finding Hong Kong's buying because they like the toughness of the horses. Yeah. Australia is buying now because while we used to be seen as a Guineas Oaks, Derby-type marketplace, there's been some sprinting success in the last three years. So you're seeing those people come into play. Guy obviously buying 10 yes. for Chris Waller. There's a lot more diversity in the market here, whereas at the Magic, it, it's such a big book, that the biggest players tend to, to hone in on the top 30 or 40 horses. Yeah, And you would have seen that. Everybody wants the same horses. Uh, so I think we've got... Uh, I think we've got different people trying to achieve different things here and therefore you have different categories of spend when it comes to the sale whereas most of the glamour uh, at the Magics comes from people trying to do predominantly the same thing.
0: You've been following this game for a long time and covering this game. There's been a lot of ups and downs and there's been more downs recently in New Zealand racing until a few years back and now when you see what happened on Karaka Millions Day and you had those turnover figures and it's... It's extraordinary and you have a look at those numbers. $2 million gambled um, from a turnover point of view on a race more than any other race, meaning the history of New Zealand racing on Saturday, well, which our, is a remarkable at, figure. In 86 races. Yeah.
1: We, we got into a really, really dark, deep, place. dark place in New Zealand yeah. racing four years ago. We had people who ran the business who didn't understand content, and they didn't understand that this is a scary You won't believe what I'm about to tell you. We got to a stage four years ago where the people running the business in New Zealand, the exact words out of their mouth, I had this conversation as racing editor of the New Zealand Herald. We see a future where there's no racing presenters. We just show the product. Now, Entain have a completely different attitude, which is engage people, tell people stories, get great content, make people want to watch racing because it's interesting. We almost went down the most insane thing in the history of world racing getting rid of television presenters to just play the races back-to-back because we had people in charge who didn't understand narrative and only understood bean counting. It was so frustrating, Gareth, for someone who understood that every other racing jurisdiction in the world was doubling down it's on It's so them to,
0: sad how we have people in charge who are like that with that mentality. Major no what idea. Like for me.
1: I'm yeah. having conversations with them all and i saying, you've just got to listen to me, you're wrong, and they give me the, well, actually,
0: I do this. Guess what? They're no longer in charge and... We're was, sitting here talking yeah. about this. Um, the sales have been great. There was great racing, great to see JMac mac back there. On Saturday, you had Mark Sarr and Blake Shin as well. But um, J-Mac dominated the back page. So you can see when you've got superstars like that, they can sell your sport as well. And New Zealand's in a pretty good place, mate, as, as you well know. Look, it is. Champions Day next year
1: will yep. be huge. It's nine billion dollars million. It'll be $10 million a couple of years later. So there's there's some really cool things in the offing. The most important word is sustainability. Is this hmm. sustainable or is it a sugar rush and we're all going to have a hangover from sugar afterwards? Well, not. It's, it is sustainable. Because NTN have said, well, we need to do this for at least five years to get the show on the road and then you would hope that the money keeps coming back to them so it grows on from there so really positive signs you cannot absolutely be uh, complacent Mm -hmm. we still have a long way to go but one of the great things we have is it's not that far to Hong Kong seems a long time on a plane but it's only one flight yeah. for the horses. And, of course, Australia's next door. And we can't underestimate how much the Australian punting model, how much the demand for horses influences New Zealand. If you took Australia out of the South Pacific and got rid of it, mm. we'd be in a parachute. Yeah. But the good news is it's a pretty hard thing to do. So, yes, that's one reason. I, I never think about myself living in New Zealand anymore, Gareth. I'll, I'll be in Melbourne this week yes. with you for the Hunter Cup. I just think about the whole product as being Australasian wide. Probably the only product I don't know much about is Perth. I love going there, yep. but I don't know the form very well because of the time zones. But to me, Randwick, Ellerslie, and Flemington are exactly the same place. And
0: Australasia is Australasia. I don't know why you need your passport to get into New Zealand. I agree with you. Before we let you go, who wins the Hunter Cup? Leap to fame if he turns up. <laughs> it's so hard to. <laughs> I love both the horses. I, in fact, if anything, I think Just Believe might be the best standard
1: bred in Australasia yes. because he's so dominant. But yes, we're going to go there Saturday night. The coverage will be on racing.com. But yep. I'm not sure what we have to add to it because the Fleet of Fame draws the lead and Just so does Believe. Just Believe, I think we're going to be talking about trifectas and Quinellas, which yep. some people don't like. But, but looking forward to being part of that. We'll get through today. I think. What the about ne- the Kiwi for Mark Purden? I think he's a good horse. I don't yeah. think he's in the class of elect to fame yet, but he's a good horse. Sad news coming out yesterday that a cooch out for the whole of 2024. Yeah. We don't have a lot of great horses in New Zealand at the moment, so we can't afford to be losing those ones. Probably what I'm looking forward to more than anything, Gareth, in the harness racing front are these trot races. Great Southern style this Saturday. The trot slot race at Cambridge mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Could be the strongest trotting race in Australasia for 20 years. So I'm looking forward to those. But yes, Leap to Fame's a wonderful mm-hmm. horse. I'll go there and try and enjoy him, and I'll enjoy being part of the coverage um, coming up this week. But we'll get through this first. I do think we're going to see a very strong last three or four hours today. Yes. There's a lot of really good and Cantos and Pras Sears. There's some really strong fillies on the ground. I think we're in for a good day. Stick around. Um, and if you need to buy a horse or you want to have a chat to someone, NZB has a whole bunch of agents Beautiful. here and they basically work for free. So Gareth, good to talk about it. On the subject of NZB yes. the uh, the Capitan <laughs> not, not the other Capitan, not the Captain captain, the other captain, no. the Captain of NZB uh, Andrew Seabrook will be jumping in very shortly. He's been well. sensational Andrew. Hey, hey, look, he, he's been very good. Actually, I'll just ask him Seabrook, what did what the, what what the uh, Pennyweaker sell for? What did the Pennywicker sell for? What? No. You don't know, you're too busy doing other things. Yes. He's always busy. Lot 483. He's a very busy man.
0: Hello, Andrew. Thanks for joining Uh, us, mate.
2: Yeah, no, good, Gareth. Uh, Good to be here, mate. Um...
0: Uh, it was a strong start to the sale on day three. We had a five hundred thousand dollar. I saw that first lot go through. It was lot two yeah, from the, the The family. Yes, and, yeah, and, and the big
1: players were on it too.
2: One of my favourite families goes back to the Phantom. The Phantom Chance. We've got a big see, one coming see, brook, in shortly. Yeah. Seabrook
1: loves all that old school stuff. He loves yes. that nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties stuff. Mister Tiz. Don't get him started, otherwise you'll have no radio show. Mister Tiz, of the, day. the
2: horse that was gilded by accident, he ended, up, <laughs> ended up winning seven Group Ones.
0: <laughs> Is that Probably, what would be your most like if? if If you went to a pub, Andrew, Mm. and you had the greatest pub story to tell, what story would that be? I'm jumping out of this conversation. Yes, thank
2: you, Mick. (laughs) I don't know, but I can tell you my favourite horse was Rough Habit. I just loved that horse. Uh, 29 wins, 23 of them black type races, he won group ones in New Zealand Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria I don't know if there was another horse that ever did no. that, he, 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 was a, he was an ugly duckling, um, but jeez, he was a good horse, his, his second Stradbroke win, is still my favourite race, gives, still gives me goosebumps, yeah. bumps, you know, 20 years on but, uh, yeah
0: They're amazing athletes, so his worries, unfortunately we lost one of those yesterday, an alligator blood has gone amiss and we probably won't get to see him on the racetrack again, but Mm. Um, sometimes when they're in the, these these warriors are racing, you got to sit back and appreciate them. And those horses like Rough Habit and the Bright Sides of the world, yep. and Alligator Blood. I think Mr. Brightside, for what he's been able to achieve, and Phil Cataldo will be joining us a little later on, who, who purchased Brightside at these sales. Um, sometimes I think we just we don't appreciate them as much as we should in this moment. It's because of the way they go about it.
2: Yeah, uh, they're amazing horses, and but people. Um, they gravitate towards those horses, don't they, in the end, because they, they're gildings and they run year in, year out and uh, uh, there's not enough of them now, is there?
0: No. Is Price here the new king of the stalling ranks after what we've seen at these sales? Has yeah. he got past Sabre Bill here this year? Uh,
2: I think Jeez, actually, that's a good question. I haven't looked at the latest stats. I, S- Savabile's obviously still leading on turnover. I'm not yep. sure about average. But, look, yeah, Poissy is the new boy on the block. And don't forget, these horses are still off a $17,500 service fee. So come next year, it's going, they're going to be um, – the pedigrees are going to be better and it's just going to, you know, um, just get better and better. And, and Satono Aladdin, I still think he's an elite yes. stallion as well. Yeah. So,
0: so as, as the boss of NZB, do you play a part with helping out the farm's get better stallions to this country because it's a bit like what's been happening in New Zealand Racing, The Resurrection. They've been able to buy a lot better stallions and I think Super Seth's going to be a star when you talk to the people and the bloodstock agents out there that they've been impressed by him. So you've got a lot of better and obviously they need to perform but they're performing a lot better, these stallions here, based in New Zealand.
2: Yeah, it's they've really, really lifted the game in the last, you know, sort of three or four years. We went through a quiet patch here for a while. Um, NZB get, it doesn't get too involved in terms of um, syndicating and what have you, like we used to in the old days before the internet and all that sort of thing. And, you know, it's a lot easier today to touch base with people around the world, but um, you know, sometimes we'll, we will finance people into stallions and, and certainly help help sell shares, but uh, yeah, look, the, st- the strength of the uh, stallions now is sort of like in the old days when I was growing up as a kid, where we used to have a lot of the good stallions in Australia. Yeah.
0: How were you happy with yesterday? How would you describe that?
2: I, I was actually really happy. Look, it, we didn't see the fireworks at the top of the market yep. like we did on the first day, but that middle market was really strong. Look, the clearance has gone from 73 to 78%. More pin hookers got involved yesterday, um, and the middle market was really strong look at the jockey club they bought seven horses and they bought yes. some cheaper horses too which was nice to see i mean that there are 100 horses short uh, in hong kong they tell me um i think they've got about 1250 in work and they want to get another 100 150 horses so um they were buying at a sort of a lower level some of those horses yesterday which was interesting
0: Yep. the success coming off the back of the ready to run sale um and i had a chat to you about this when we were here last november and I've just got a feeling with the way that the world is these days, do you think that that sales, and and to be honest, and to the other two um, um, companies that sell horses, some of them are a waste of time selling these ready-to-run horses, but New Zealand is the, the sale that there's a lot of the Hong Kong industry, you know, they, they believe in luck. Yeah. The champions are purchased out of that sale. It's the quick turnaround, you know, it's a... I think that sale is just going to grow. It is.
2: Grow. I mean, the gap between the uh, Book One and Ready to Run sale has been closing for about three years now. In fact, we saw the Ready to Run sale this year average what Book One did last year, which yep. is unheard of anywhere in the world where a Ready to Run sale can do that. Um, it's, it's certainly close. Look, the Hong Kong want a quicker return. They want to see their horses up, you know. I think everybody uh, wants quicker yeah, returns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's... Um, we're really lucky we've got that yeah. as a backstop, you know, and a lot of pinhooking going on. But but and now studs are, are folding some of these horses, and, and, and rather than going straight to yearling sale, they're saving them for the two-year-old sale, yeah. which is which was unheard of a few years ago.
0: And they're buying horses at English and Magic Millions to yep. sell at your sale.
2: Yeah, that's right, because a lot of those Australian breeds um, suit suit that type yeah. that suit that market. And geez, if they breeze up well at Tirarapa, uh, the the, the uh, premium those horses, some of those horses can get are fantastic.
0: And when you've got a slot race now at the Kiwi. So you can buy a two-year-old and within 12 months you're racing in that, hopefully you're racing in that slot race, which will help help the, no doubt. I think that... I think that slot race will help the ready-to-run sale more than it helped help this sale. I think,
2: I think it's beautiful that um, the, the NZB Kiwi, it's not just for New Zealand breeds, by the way, no. for, for your listeners, Correct. So, and yep. there's been a bit of um, confusion about that. It's for New Zealand breeds, it's for any horse by a New Zealand stallion, so it could be born Australian by a New Zealand stallion, yep. Right. and it's for any horse sold through NZB, Correct. and it can go through the ready-to-run yep. sale, it can go through the weaning sale. But you're right, it could really help that, um, that two-year-old sale mm. um, big time.
0: Yep. Um, book two. We're got to concentrate a little bit on book two. We're we're heading off tonight, but um, even Guy Molcast is inspecting book two. Mm. Um, that's why he was probably so grumpy this morning, Andrew. But <laughs> um, you can find it, you can find your champion but for the bloodstock agents, they probably need to work a little harder with book two. Yeah,
2: you do, you've got to get round the grounds so and they're a little bit more difficult to see But because um, some of them arrive late on the ground but look, there's Duncan Ramage, there's John Foote over there, yes. I can see he's inspecting Pilko's still here um, Waller, as you said, Bjorn Bake, there's still a lot of people, I was talking to John O'Shea last night yeah. he's keen to, to buy in book two And the great thing is they can see the horses today and they can go home if they need to and bid on the phone or bit online.
0: Alright mate, and, and NZB, the website's sensational. You can catch all the action update on the website. You can see the results and see what's happening live as well, mate. And, um, thanks for having us. Job well done. Um, looking forward to seeing what the rest of the sale can unfold. And then that build-up towards the the slots for the auction of the slots for the Kiwi, I think yeah. that will be something So fascinating. Um, Looking forward to that. And then before we know it, we'll be buying horses again at the Ready to Run.
2: Beautiful, Gareth. Thanks for coming over, mate. Appreciate it. Sensational,
0: thank you. There's Andrew Seabrook, the CEO of NZB. Let's take a break. We'll come back with the Captain Guy Moldcaster straight after this. Hello and welcome to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the captain, the one, the only Guy Moldcaster. Hi, I'm Gareth Hall. We're recording this podcast at 8.34 New Zealand time on a Tuesday morning ahead of... Day number three of the Caracas sales here in New Zealand for New Zealand Bloodstock. Captain, hello to you. Yeah,
3: good morning. Gareth, uh, two days down, one day to go in the main sale, and then we've got book two to look forward to Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week.
0: You've been busy once again. I'll tell you what, Captain, ten purchases. Um, the highlight there, lot 144, the Santono Aladdin filly, um, for close to a million dollars. You purchased that filly for 900000
3: yeah, we're very happy to have got her. She's a full sister to the very good horse Japanese Emperor. So yes. um, happy to have got her. I had to stretch a little bit, but good filly.
0: Um, and you've made sure that you've purchased some nice horses, haven't you? Like that Justify filly for five hundred fifty thousand, lot sixty two, um, a wooden basset for five hundred thousand dollars. And I tell you what, for your great mate Nev Morgan, you bought a Farnan. For four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars.
3: Yeah, bought the Farland and the Wooden Basset for yes. Neville, and he also bought an Ocean Park for ninety. So he just uh, s- s- sorted the average out a little bit there.
0: Yeah, he said only I only want horses worth about two hundred thousand, Captain.
3: Yeah, but sometimes people change.
0: <laughs> yes. So you've been probably um, the, your wallet speaks how you think of the the the, the sale this year, but. Um, were you surprised with how many horses that you purchased?
3: No, no, we, we had a good number vetted and we've got a st- still a few to go today. Yeah.
0: So why, um, it seems that you've had more of an impact this year than you did last year?
3: Um, we have a number of clients that like to buy New Zealand horses and uh, we're happy enough that some of them are on the grounds this week and we've done pretty well.
0: Is that because of the success that you've had, do you think, buying from this sale? Uh, I think probably
3: these are, you know, these are not going to run... In the first two-year-old race, but some of them will run as later two-year-olds, and uh, yeah. we like the fact that they keep developing and keep furnishing, and we'll leave them here for a few months, and uh, they should be pretty good three-year-olds.
0: Do you think that the increase in prize money here, the slot race that has come on board, has helped the sale this year, especially maybe, I know you do, your clients race all of their horses mainly in Australia, but do you think that... That has helped that helped you a little bit to, to buy these sales?
3: Yeah, well, it's not actually very far for us to come. It's probably a shorter no. trip than it is to Melbourne. You know, they go, go to Melbourne on a truck from Sydney. Yeah. Uh, they can probably be door-to-door in about seven or eight hours from Sydney to Auckland.
0: Yeah, and you've you purchased horses that are sprinters that'll get over a middle distance and some stays here.
3: Yeah, you like to have a good cross-section of the animals because the money's going to be um, spread around different races for different people. So.
0: Yeah. Um, What about the overall sale? Um, The full to prowess, the filly out of Donna Marie, this was a great story. Donna Marie was purchased for um, $20,000 by Hallmark, and now they've been able to um, produce, of course, prowess, but now the the full sister selling for $1.6 million. Um, And I tell you what, Guy, you were close.
3: Yeah, close, but not close enough. But Moody, you know, he knows a pretty good horse when he sees one. He's He's trained enough of them.
0: Yeah. So how I want to get inside your brain here, and um, it's quite scary, me doing that, but how close, like, what was the budget? What did you want to go to? Well, it wasn't 1.6. Anyway. No, it was close to 1. 1.5, 1. 1.4. No,
3: nah, we, you know, like, it's up to the clients. If, they, if they're happy to spend, I'm happy to bid, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so have you ever gone to a situation where you just said to the client, I've got to get this. I don't care what your budget is. No, because, like,
3: it's, it's actually got to be their idea. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. So what did you love about this feeling?
3: Um, I just loved their uh, athleticism, and, you know, she paraded very well every day, and she had had the shape and the make of a good horse, and, and she has a residual value as well.
0: Yeah. Um, David Ellis has been busy once again. Tiako Racing have spent up, so... Um, he's had a big couple of um, sales at the Magic Millions and also here in New Zealand. Um, book two's interesting. I saw your apprentice, Leith Innes, was doing a lot of work on the grounds, doing um, his inspections of Book 2 guy. Do you think he can find a gem there?
3: Well, we'll see when I go and look at them yeah. afterwards.
0: So you, so what's the process there with the apprentice? You just um, send him out and make sure he gets all of the, does all of the hard work? And then you come over the top and say, okay, then, we'll see how you're going.
3: Uh, no, we just basically got a brief of what sort of stallions we we're looking for in the second sale, and he goes through and gets them out, and if he, if he thinks they make the list, then we go back later and look at them.
0: Okay. Um what about uh, the Classic sales just around the corner yeah, as well? Yeah,
3: get there Monday afternoon and into it.
0: Jeez, it never stops, does it? No,
3: not this time of year. No. It doesn't, no.
0: So when you compare the Classic and the Premier sale there at England, how would you compare those two sales? Probably pretty similar. Yeah. And then Easter. so have you found a, have you found a good horse at Classic before?
3: Yeah, we um, we were under underbidder on a pretty good filly by Dundee a couple of years ago. She's had uh, two starts for two wins and looks a serious horse.
0: Yeah. And so you can find them the classic and definitely, and, and yeah. definitely a premium. Yeah. Um, what about the weekend? Did you enjoy the weekend of racing? In yeah. The week, weekend it...
3: was really good. Um, the track looks beautiful. It might have got a tad sort of uh, might have been tad hard, it was only just new track, but I'm yeah. sure it'll settle down <laughs> and be like normal tracks after six or eight months, you don't know, you know, you never miss them.
0: No, what'd you make of the two winners there and those two feature races? Um
3: uh, Two-year-old filly was pretty good, probably aided by a good ride. Yeah. Orchestral's obviously a decent horse and would be interesting to see her in Australia.
0: She might head towards an ATC Oaks Orchestral.
3: She might, but you know, you've got to remember Prowess was there a couple of years ago and everybody thought she was running in the Oaks and then she didn't.
0: No, she didn't, did no. she? She went to the Vinery. I think yeah, she but after, to the vinery. after
3: she won the Vinery, we all yep. thought she was running in the Oaks yep. and then she went home.
0: Yeah, so there you go. You just don't know what your Kiwis are going to do. No. Um, so I thought the sales worked well. They're going to add another Group 1 race there next year. Um, I think it's the railway, the sprint race. So that means there'll be seven races. Would you believe that Entain, Dean Shannon's done a wonderful job? So the injection of Entain into this industry here in New Zealand, and it's been amazing how you can quickly change momentum. The increase in prize money, I mean not prize money, the turnover was a record... Um, for any New Zealand race meeting, not by 100000 or 200000 but by $2 million. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. But,
3: you know, they had good fields and they had good quick racing, and I think that made a big difference. And J-Mac being there was also pretty good. So I think, you know, him, Zara, a number of good Australian jockeys, it made made for a pretty good night.
0: Yeah. All right, then. So just having a look at the stats there, we've talked about the NZB. Um, what else was we going to have a talk about? Switzerland was impressive, wasn't
3: he? Yeah, we, you were warned last week on the show, were Yeah, you?
0: no, very, very... Like, we owe you a beer, Guy, because you gave a good push for Switzerland. He won like a good thing. He had a turn of foot. Um, can you tell us... Take us back when you purchased this horse?
3: Yeah, I remember when um, we'd all had had a sit-down and spoke about the horses, and he was one that we went back and... Or as a group, we looked at him just before he came into the ring, and... I think there was a consensus that everybody thought he was the right horse for the job.
0: Yeah. So he's a stencil colt he was purchased for $1.5 million. He races in the Coolmore Colors. Jeez, um, he's got a little bit of Shinzo written about him, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, it's a sense of timing, but, you know, he's still got to get there and, and there'll be some other good ones step out in the next couple of weeks as well.
0: I wonder what he'll do. Does he go to a Millennium or do they try and get some um, black tie next to his name because he is a big bull? Uh, doesn't really matter. I don't, really I don't matter. think there's
3: any mad rush with him. No. He'll, he'll get it eventually.
0: Mm, James McDonald being booked yet? Uh,
3: it's not past my pay grade to be answering that sort of Christians I think Garrett. he gets
0: first option there for Cornwall. Um Unless Ryan Moore puts his hand up and says he'll um, make that trip down to Australia once again.
3: Yeah, well, you know, either or. You wouldn't be too bothered who you had, would you?
0: No. Two of the bet. Well, they're the two best jockeys in the world. Uh, there's probably another.
3: There's another round of heats coming up and We'll just sort of see what happens, I'd say.
0: Hey, Sugi was impressive in another preview there for Clint McDonald. And it was good to see a new stain have success just starting off its career in rural meeting. You know much about rural meeting, Yeah, there, I guy? do, actually.
3: I've seen a few of them. They've been pretty nice types.
0: Yeah. You've had a few rural meetings over your time. Yeah, yeah. I have. What's been the highlight?
3: Um... Probably going to Royal Ascot with yeah. you.
0: Yes. What about the Grunt Colt V8? Do you think there's a group one in him, or do you think that that was his race there the other day in the Australian Stakes?
3: Um, pretty hard to tell, really. I think you'll see a few you'll f- see a few of those better ones coming back, yeah. and you know, like a horse like Sea Party is probably only going to get better with a bit more practice.
0: Yes. Um, what do you think the Gruds, are they better mile horses or sprinter milers? Because I I think Gruds are better six furlong, seven furlong horse than he is a mile horse. But time will tell, I guess.
3: Yeah, well, the guineas is over a mile, so you don't have much choice. Well, I
0: think they're going to make a decision whether they go the Newmarket or the guineas guy.
3: Well, I know how good the Newmarket field's going to be, so I'll be heading to the guineas.
0: They've got the all next start and then the futurity, so that could be up his alley.
3: Yeah, well, especially seeing the alligator got injured, that probably took a bit of the... uh, punch out of the field.
0: So that said is an alligator blood, he's been one of those horses where he's, he's been an amazing horse to follow his journey from the situation with his ownership group, David Van Dyke, he was the horse that put David back on the map after he went through a tough time in his life and he and he was able to get get back um, and doing what he loved as a trainer and his story was inspirational, David Van Dyke, but then he needed a good horse and it was alligator blood and then he had that kissing spine and new trainer um, and then Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott just did a wonderful job with him
3: yeah and you know like he, he's a people's horse alligator yeah. but everybody loved watching him race and that sort of thing so it is a terrible shame to lose him
0: where would you rate him amongst the greats Gay Waterhouse says he's probably one of in the top two horses that she's trained
3: yeah very hard to judge horses in different eras though yep. Gareth I mean it's only just a bit of conjecture for yes. an argument over
0: a beer at a pub. Can't, and you, no one would be, no one would beat you in an argument in a pub. No, no. Uh, but he was a warrior. I loved him. What a big heart! And he was a cheapy fifty-five thousand dollars there at the Magic Million sale. Yep. Giga Kick, we don't know what he's doing. I don't know if we've seen the last of Giga Kick. Um, he just, hopefully, we haven't. But he hasn't been able to recover from that injury last spring, and he's out of the new market. He's out of the Lightning Stakes. He could be a horse that we see in Brisbane, I reckon.
3: Oh, I'll tell you what, when you've had those injuries, it's a pretty hard road to come back.
0: Yeah. Um, I was talking to Peter Moody. He, he'll be, like, I wish I win, might be late autumn into the Brisbane Carnival. And then if we see Giga Kid go that way, Jesus, I think everybody will be knocking on your door to stay at your house on the Gold Coast.
3: Yeah, the full house is up, though, Gareth. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, nobody to stay no one at all. No. <laughs>
0: um, are you there, Jacko? G'day, good morning to you. Morning, Gareth. Morning, Captain. How are you going?
3: Oh, Jacko, how are you? You
0: look as sound a little bit hungover today, Captain.
3: No, definitely not. I'm fired up, ready to go. I want to get wrap this up and get into these second sail inspections. All right
0: then. Take it away. Take it away, Jacko. First question, Captain, comes through from Craig. He says, Can you provide some insight
4: on Cambridge Stone Hello? Yumzain, his first crop progeny have been well sought after so far at Cracker with astute judges such as yourself and Chris paying top dollar for his offspring.
3: Yeah, they've been pretty good types really. Uh, Jackson and, you know, he won some very good races in in Europe. uh, The Golden Jubilee to name one. So I think uh, a horse like that transpires into a good chance in Australasia. He's got some out of pretty decent mares I wouldn't expect expect to see them running in breeders' plates and things, but I think around Christmas you could see some pretty good Hello yum zones next year.
4: Shannon says, what is the benefit of using a bloodstock agent instead of going directly to a trainer if you're interested in buying a yelling at these sales?
3: Well, it's people's people's own prerogative, really, but, you know, trainers train horses and bloodstock mm. agents buy horses.
0: And Most of the bloodstock agents work for trainers these days, don't they?
3: Yeah, a number of them do, yeah. yeah.
0: So you're you're Chris Waller's man. Will Bourne's with Kieran Ma. There's there's a host of other bloodstock agents that are connected to stables. It, yeah. It yeah. seems like bloodstock agents have... Like, you don't work for numerous stables, really, do you? No. No, especially um, if you're working for Waller. The last one comes through from Chris. He says, we've seen the Magic Millions Gold Coast sale and now Cracker
4: top by Phillies. Do you expect this trend to continue moving forward now that stud farms are paying
1: premium prices for mares off the track?
3: Um, I think you'll say that the Colts will definitely make the most money at Easter, or maybe not, because there is one filly there that could make a hell of a lot of money. Yes, I think she'll so, be the top lot. Yep. you don't really know, but um, I mean, it, it's not a thing that's an annual event. It comes down to the fact of what, what you got put in front of you. You know, like there is never normally a full sister to prowess at the New Zealand sales, and some of those sales that are the fillies at the Gold Coast are absolutely beautiful out of amazing families.
0: Well, Captain, um, you go and inspect book three. You're confident that book you'll fit? Book two. Book two, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Book two. You go for, You go and inspect the horses that you are going to buy for day three. Do you check them on the same day?
3: No, I'd like to be a couple of days in front of the job. That's no, what I want to no, get them done.
0: But, like, do you watch them out the back before they go into the ring just to make sure they tick the final box?
3: Yeah, well, I'm not a tick-the-box sort of person, no, am are. I? you no. know, I'm not I'm not, not, not going to say it's the one we came for. It was the best one in the sale. It ticked all the boxes because usually they're useless when you say that. Do you follow it's... your gut instinct? Yeah, definitely follow yeah. your gut instinct.
0: Um, um, have you got a captain's pick for us?
3: Haven't been studying the form this week, but next week in the football, I reckon it's going to be a really close game.
0: Oh, Kansas City K- Raiders,
3: K- yeah. yeah, and... Uh, and the 49ers. Were you
0: on the Were you on Kansas City?
3: Yeah, I was, but I was on the 49ers giving them away the 7.5, and, and when they were minus 24, it made a hard way to come back. But they got 10 in front with three minutes to go, and then they just coughed up a touchdown, and that was the end of captain's bet.
0: Mm, it's a tough game, isn't it?
3: They're all tough games. I don't know. Gareth.
0: I don't know if you should be betting on the NFL. When you does it just relax you a little bit? When yeah, you, yeah, When you're trying to bet on horses, yeah, it gives
3: you a bit of downtime. Yeah. It does it. Yeah. Well,
0: you don't give me any downtime, really. You're like, it's hard to get you here at the sales.
3: Yeah, but you've had twenty-one minutes if That's you hadn't had a false start at the beginning.
0: Oh, because
3: I didn't turn your mic on. Well, if you'd been here an hour earlier, you could have had all the gear set up.
0: We were here early,
3: but you didn't. You were sitting over there playing on your phone. Yeah, I was.
0: I was researching. Oh, researching. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone can try and make you interested <laughs> have, have a wonderful day, Guy
3: Yeah, look forward to seeing you At the Classic Sale next week, Gareth We're
0: going to go to the races on the Saturday Are we? Yeah, watch Switzerland if it goes around there? I don't think it is in the English Millennium But we'll go to the races I've organized Have you a seat. Ta- I've got a table for you
3: Where are we sitting?
0: Makita will look after us We'll sit in the um, Chairman's Lounge that We've yeah. booked But good, good bunch of people Six of us Six of yes, us? Yes, you'll like them Okay, looking yep. forward to it Yeah, great to be with you on this Tuesday morning. We're live from the Caracas sales for day three of the famous New Zealand uh, Bloodstock Caracas sales. This is the final day of book one. It's all about success with Tarzino at Westbury. And Russell Warwick joins us here from Westbury Stud at the sales. G'day, Russell. How's things, mate?
5: Yeah, good to be with you, Gareth.
0: Um, You sold nine lots so far over the last couple of days. The old rocker filly for David Ellis has been your highest, pay- uh, highest price um, yielding that you sold at the sale. Were you expecting that?
5: Uh, yeah, look, she was a really nice filly, and um have had good success with the old rockers, obviously romancing the moon. Yeah. And um, she was a really quality filly, and she was a half-sister to another Te Ake horse and accidental tourist so uh, you could see, why well, there was a bit of an attraction. There. Yep.
0: Um, yeah. Your stallions have been going really well. You've got a Redwood today that you must be looking forward to a little later on in the day. I think it's lot 570.
5: Yeah, look, he's, um, he's been very popular. Um, it's saying, in saying that, uh, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to uh, be in the top 10 or 15 of the sale, but yep. we think he'll sell well. He's a good-looking colt, and more importantly, he's going to make a great race So uh, yep. there's good interest both from Hong Kong and local markets on him.
0: Have you been happy with the sale so far? How have you found it? Yeah, I
5: think from our perspective, I think the sale's been great. You know, yep. I, I, I think the attendance and the money that's been spent and all the figures are all great I think from our own personal perspective it's a pass mark I yep. think we haven't um, kicked any massive goals but I'm saying that uh, we had five and they sold the five and uh, yep. that, that's what you aim to do when you come to a sale
0: So when you look back as a boss of a successful farm like yours uh, is it like any business you go back and you analyse and you work out what you did right and what you did wrong and and, and um, push forward? Well yes and no um
5: Obviously, we always do that. I think um, you've got to be objective and and be able to understand that. But uh, I think at the same time, the next two years are already uh, embedded because the mares are in foal and the foals are on the ground. So, um, you know, next year we've just got to make sure that we're very selective on the yearlings that we bring. Um, The swing of the market, you hope, falls in your favour, and we've got no control over that. So all of a sudden, if you've got a stallion that you're selling yearlings by and the stallions uh, are raging success you're going to go well. With the yep. stallions, uh, going through a quiet patch um, you're going to struggle.
0: So do you see with the popularity in New Zealand racing maker making a resurrection that it will swing once again? Like, it's been successful, the sale, when you have a look at the numbers, but with the prize money increasing, do you think that the momentum, especially over the next three to four years, will continue to, to go up here in New Zealand?
5: Undoubtedly, you know. Yep. I, th- I just think um, it's brought a whole new spark to the industry, the, you know you saw Million night how vibrant it was and the uh, quality of racing the investment into the um you know, the Auckland Thoroughbred Racing at Ellesley, um, you know, $55 been invested into that track. So I think, you know, now we've got a world-class facility. We've got excellent prize money. Um, there's every incentive, not only for our domestic market to yep. be here, but even to some of our overseas market, like with Macau and Singapore closing. It wouldn't surprise me to see some of those um, Asian people starting to invest in New okay. Zealand racing.
0: Yeah, and you must be proud of your stallions. I was talking to Andrew Seabrook about this today, that... New Zealand have been able to get better class of stallions here now in this country and you're performing not just here in New Zealand but you're being competitive right across Australasia. Redwood's the perfect example, Sharp and Smart, the Rating Horse of the Year. Um, Antino, really smart customer there for Tony Golan. Reliable man's a reliable stallion that always produces a good one. Our rocker has been um, the, the side that produced your highest yielding here at these sales. So Um, And Tarsino's been a performer that's performed at the highest level as well. So you've got a lot of... um, uh, Your stallions have been doing the job for you.
5: Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, there's an old saying, you know, the the test of the... um of the and quality of the horses at the winning post and uh, sales are one thing and obviously uh, it's important that we try and generate a, a decent cash flow from sales but yep. I think at the end of the day there's no point selling yearlings if they can't go on and become successful racehorses and we're very proud of the fact that you know three of the last seven Horse of the Year titles have gone to horses that have come off Westbury and yep. seeing horses like Platinum Invader win the, or- win the Auckland Cup and Antinos and those sorts of horses... Um, as you say very proud of our stallions and they're affordable for most breeders.
0: Yeah, have you got a have you got a horse by your stallions that you're really looking forward to seeing over the next twelve months? And it was great to see Sharp and Smart put in a better performance there the other day.
5: Oh yeah, I think he's really knocking at the door. Th- yep. Couldn't help but be uh, very satisfied with the last fifty, sixty meters the other day and, and probably the horse in the last, and um, just as sharp, you know, he came from last yes. on the corner and ran the quickest sectionals of the day and um, in the in the one point five million dollar race so you know, you think he's got a good race in him somewhere very soon too.
0: Are you excited about this new slot race that's come aboard?
5: Oh, look, anything anything like that is positive for racing and um, it's putting racing back on the, in the sports news and the headlines. Yep. And um, I think those sort of things, uh, you know, racing in New Zealand has missed out on a lot of that in recent years where they haven't been in the um, general newspapers or talk on the news at nights and things like that. And I think uh, having that prize money available and everyone can participate and uh, it's just about talking to someone that uh, can steer you in the right direction.
0: Yeah 100% um, and book is not far away as well obviously you have 20 um, odd horses being sold there
5: Yeah look it's been... Any
0: bargains a, like a, can we find a a, 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 um, um, a sharp and smart or something like that?
5: 100% as I said to someone the other day at the farm you know a lot of the buyers now I oh, would we'll just buy out a book one and they're missing out on a lot of good horses you know sharp yeah. and smart Mascarpone, they're both Group 1 yep. winners that came out of our Book 2 draft. Sophia Rosa yeah. won the Oaks and Philly of the Year, but she was a Book 2 yearling. So, yeah, I think um, you definitely don't want to disregard the horses in Book 2. I think there's equal quality there. We've got 28, I think, going through, and um, a good selection of fillies and colts in that sale that uh, are really going to make good races. Have horses. you got a
0: standout for us that might we we need to have a look at yeah
5: look there's a there's a filly there that uh, a redwood filly out of Acosta an acre i think she's lost 711 yeah um, already just on the grounds today she's been out probably half a dozen times and uh, she's a spitting image of redwood and a uh, real quality filly so i think she's going to really appeal to a lot of people and hopefully have a residual after she finishes racing
0: it's a big week for your team and it's a big week for yourself you're standing up okay yeah look um, <laughs>
5: You, you get the practice in and yeah. um, it's all about just working through and patient yourself for this week and hopefully we can sit down and have a, a celebration at the end of the week with the staff and uh, and the boss before he goes home.
0: All right, mate. Thanks for your time. We wish you the best of luck today, especially, mate, and, um, and, and book two. And hopefully um, the buyers out there can find the next sharp and smart. Thanks, Gareth. Good on you. There's Russell Westbury. Russell Warwick, I should say, from Westbury Stud. Um, thanks for your time, mate um uh, Tarsina reliable man Redwood and our Rock are each providing success in more ways than one at Westbury stud let's take a break we'll come back with plenty more including Mark Chittick straight after this yeah, yeah. the best part about coming to Karaka is heading over to all of the tents and Waikato yeah, stud do a wonderful job headed by one of the greats of the racing industry here in Australasia Mark Chittick Mark thanks for having us I tell you what the highlight for me has been the pepperoni pizza here at your 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 tent um Absolutely divine. Um, was that your recipe? No, no, we've, we've got the special, uh,
6: we've got the best um, pizza chef uh, from Slovakia. We bring him over especially um, so he can make your pepperoni pizza for you, Hawley.
0: i tell you what, mate, because I, you, you you can make an extra $100,000 on your lots um, just coming in for a couple of free pizzas. Like, I've been back about four or five times. I'll put it about five kilos, but it's more than just buying horses here. It's about the hospitality and entertaining guests and um, um, catching up with everybody, having a couple of beers as well.
6: Absolutely. It's very social. It's a wine and food festival where you can buy a horse, but uh, the most <laughs> important thing that you'll do is buy a horse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Have you been happy with the sale? Yeah, look,
6: it's been a good sale. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big catalogue. We've got 75, or had 75 here to, um, to sell. We've got another big day today, our last day. So, you know, I suppose you always end up with a, with a bit of a tail um, with, a, with a number like that. Um, but look, you know, things um, certainly uh, in our industry are uh, obviously yeah. really, really looking up domestically here. And, um, you know, hopefully that flows through into, It probably hasn't taken hold yet, but probably by next year, hopefully we'll really see some encouragement, you know.
0: It's, it's an interesting time in New Zealand racing at the moment um, uh, because you've got the Entain team that are spending a lot of money and injected a lot of money into this industry and you can see with the turnover on Cracker Millions Day $2 million more than any other meeting in the history of New Zealand racing which means surely it's got to flow on if you can continue to produce numbers like that
6: Absolutely um, Gareth, and we look we haven't I don't think I've seen this positivity in my lifetime. You know, certainly, certainly. Let's say while I've been in business, um, um, and look, it, it's it's just fantastic because we're really, really proud of our industry, and we're really proud of the results. Let's say the horses we breed, the race horses that we breed, and the results that we get. And you know the stallion strength is really strong in, in um, New Zealand at, at the present time, so everything's good. But we just want to be racing for a, a bit more money domestically here, and that's happening. I mean, we we won a we won a rating sixty five the other day that was that was worth fifty grand, things like that. You know, like it's um it's it's all it's all good stuff. And as I say, we've been a long time waiting for it. But these guys, honestly, these Entame boys, they've um, they've really got it moving. Um, you know, they 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 come up with, with let's say a a, a, an idea or whatever that they think will help the industry and obviously will um, encourage um, um, what they need to happen over the next few years and that's in, encourage um, encourage wagering but we're all benefiting from it and it's just um, as I say it's been a long time coming and uh, thank God it's happening.
0: Yeah, your family's famous in this game and obviously based in New Zealand but you sell horses at Magic Millions as well and you, you're going to Australia for English I would imagine so like how do you make sure that you place your horses at the right sales?
6: Yeah, so we sell about 100 yearlings a year and um, there's a lot of thought um, goes into um, and processes go into where these horses go. Obviously, this is the biggest sale for us. It's, a, it's, a, it's our national sale here in New Zealand so it's very important that we've got a good strong draft here. But you take the, the likes of the Gold Coast that we've just come back from, Magic Million sale, we took eight over there and um, they'll actually be out of younger mares and a good type of horse that's out of a younger mare that maybe lacks a bit of um, Australian sort of appeal because I believe if you sell a horse over there nicely and it races in Australia that's going to give that, that, that pedigree the appeal and you take for example Major Bill that we sold over there a couple of years ago and came out and won the AJC Derby and now that that, that uh, pedigree now has a whole Australian look about it
0: Yeah, um, Lot 409 was your top lot and um, from the Forgot You family lines We know that Forgot You's done a wonderful job Of course for Trent Bussard and Natalie Young Out of Simply You and the Bill, um Colt sold to a, a Wonderful client in Boomer who does A wonderful job for the Hong Kong Jockey Club
6: That's right, he's a lovely, lovely Colt It's been a family that we've probably been breeding for 50 odd years Um, he's probably renowned as a Waikato stud um, uh, Taproot family um, And here's a lovely Colt, she's, you know, she's done a good job Already, um and um, she's a mare that we've uh, um, has had a few problems, and unfortunately, we've we've just lost her. But you know, the team at the farm have looked after her. We've probably got another three or four years out of here in, in, in a comfortable state, and to get a result like that yesterday was just fantastic for the whole team.
0: What about today? What are you looking
6: forward to most? Um, the last lot going through <laughs> <laughs> uh, And we do finish on a nice On a, on a nice last lot A full sister uh, Sorry, full brother to yeah. Ocean Billy um, Who won the Auckland Cup um, And um, But look We've got a, We've actually got a lovely We've got a lovely bill out of Bingo Colt going through Probably the highlight might be actually a no, Nardrossan filly out oh, okay. of be. Yeah, she's a lovely filly and she's been super busy.
0: Um, I wish I win. I saw Moods walking around. Um, he's so happy about I wish I win. Um, but he, he runs like, he's like, Moods, we hardly ever see I wish I win. He's like, you're, you're doing a wonderful job placing him and he's going to be around a lot longer because of the way that you've been able to, to manage him. So we'll see him a little later on.
6: Yeah, so, and as you say I mean the video that we've just got through in the last um, few days, he does look magnificent and as you say he's we don't usually race horses like this because it's either, you know, let's say a colt, which is not many of them but um, more so fillies that are going to head to stud whereas this guy's a gilding he's obviously a super high class athlete um, so yeah, it's all about looking after him and, and um, having some fun along the way and keeping him going as long as we can but I think there seems to be a little bit of a tilt towards the um, TJ Smith to kick off, but he's just saying the horse will tell us when he's ready and where we go.
0: I think we're going to book our place in the Sunshine State for a little bit of warmth there as well. He was mentioning maybe go to Brisbane as well after after Sydney. So, um, yep, I think that's great that other parts of the country, not just Melbourne and Sydney, get to see your superstar. Yeah, hundred percent,
6: and and that's sort of based off um, you know the uh, the track that that sort of Giga Kick and that have taken. Um, leading into the everest in past years so um so yeah that's i think that's why moods is thinking that way and as you say a bit of sun on his back and get back and uh get a more favorable draw and have a damn good crack at it again love to win the kiwi have we organized a slot yet well yes certainly um yeah we'll be active in that in that in that area when we uh when uh the time needs to be um but great concept and look we race it. We race a couple of you know a couple of horses here at home here, so it'll be it be really nice to have a slot and have a horse in our own slot.
0: Well, thanks for the hospitality, mate. You're a superstar of the game. You you do not just selling these horses and um, you, you care about it and you transcend the sport in a way and how you market it. So you deserve all the success that comes your way, and um, we wish you the best luck today and then also on the racetrack, mate.
6: Good man, Hawley. Good all to right.
0: talk. There's Mark Chiddick there. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more. This is Giddy Up on this uh, Tuesday morning, live from Karaka.
7: The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries.
1: ozequipment.com
0: And the best pub in the Mallee as well, the Aldama Hotel in the heart of the Mallee, just down the road from Swan Hill. So swing by for a cold beer if you're around that part of the beautiful, it's a beautiful part of the world anyway. Um, The Mallee and the Aldama Hotel is the number one establishment there. And also thanks to Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We'll have a chat to Darren Carroll a little later on. They just had the barrier draw for the AG Hunter Cup, which is Harness Racing's biggest dance in Victoria. I'll quickly go through the barrier draw there for you for the Hunter Cup. Can't find a better man as drawn barrier number one, but he is the emergency, so that means catch a wave. Looks like he'll get barrier one. Interesting to see the tactics there. Do they hold the front, or do they hand up to a horse like Leap to Fame? Now, typo the New South Wales horse in barrier three. Curly James, four. See your heart, five. Leap to Fame is barrier six, the favourite. He's now a $1.33 with bet three, six, five. Better eclipse, tough draw for him, barrier seven. Max Delight inside second row draw back uh, Barry number eight, which is a good draw for him. Spirit of St. Louis, Barry at nine. Don't stop dreaming. The Kiwi's got a tough draw now. Barry at 10. Beyond Delight at 11. No luck for his stable mate either in Mac Dan and definitely no luck for the 13. Canina Pravlima, the Ballarat Cup champ. The horse awesome that finished second in the Shepparton Cup as well um, has drawn outside that second row. But let's find you a winner today with bag of tips. Mitchie Lewis has done the form for Bet365 Benalla today. G'day Mitchy. Morning Gareth. Take it away with your specials mate. I've got two there at Benalla today Gareth.
8: We were a little bit unlucky with scratching so I've rearranged a couple of things. Uh, race three number eight, socially red. Uh, this horse, she's had three career starts. She's placed in all of them. She's second up here today. I didn't mind the first up run at Cranbourne when she was second with Damien Lane in the saddle but I think she's going to take improvement off of that run, rising up a little bit in distance. I like the race map for her. I think she'll sit outside the leader, and in the small field, I think she's every chart. So that's race three, number eight, socially red.
0: Yep. What else have you got for us?
8: And then the the other one is in the last. Today, race eight, number seven, double earn for the Kavanagh team. So this mare resumes off two nice trials at Flemington. Uh, she's got some pretty good form lines through her last prep, including running second to course for a concern in the middle of the year. So I think if she, she looks forwards enough coming out of those trials, barrier four, a couple of kilos off, thanks to Tom Preble, I think it sets up nicely for her to be able to build a nice little prep first up here.
0: Beautiful. Is that the only two you got for us? You've got another one for us there at Bet365 Bonella today, mate.
8: No, just those two today, Gareth. Yeah, pretty happy with those two. And then I'll come back later on with a few of the midweek masterclass.
0: Looking forward to that, brother. You keep on dominating. Thank you, mate. You have a good day. I'll chat to you in a second. Luke Ovanessian joins us now. He's done the form for us at Goldberg in New South Wales. G'day, Luke. Morning, Gareth. Take it away with your specials, mate.
9: So we'll go to race three, number 10, Martingale Dancer. Um, this three-year-old filly is still not the final furnished product, but she does have the raw talent to take this event out. Formerly with Lee and Sherry Curtis, she's been transferred to the Widdop stable for him to work his magic. Um, he's a brilliant horseman. He's known for getting the best out of these trouble type of runners. And on preparation debut, you saw the improvement. Um, she was forced to race rearward at, at Kembler from a wide barrier, and she rocketed home to finish midfield. She now draws barrier six here, and second up, she'll strip bitter. She'll land in a more forward position and give this race a big shake. Alicia Collett, she's actually rode a couple of the rivals here in the trials, but in a big boost to Martingale's dancers' chances, she's stuck on board. So with an ounce of luck early, she should be in the finish.
0: All right, sensational. So Collett's been riding pretty well of late as well. What else have you got for us?
9: Then we'll go to race five, number 10, Super Norwest. Um, I'm really keen to be with this three-year-old filly and she was absolutely superb first up at Orange. She sat last and wide in a true run race. She peeled five deep on the bend and savaged the line and she only finished two lengths off the winner. Um, it was a brilliant run. She raced greenly as well and laid in in the straight and it showed that there was plenty of improvement to come. She's been given a five-week freshen up and she tackles this class one. And, and while it does have some talented horses here, she draws perfectly in barrier five to not get too far back in the run. The booking of Olivia Chambers gets her in at the minimum weight and she gets a lot in her favour to secure another win. So I'm happy to play her around about 5 bucks.
0: All right, beautiful. So some each-way value there. Have you got another one for us? We're just playing the two as well today.
9: We'll just play the two. Um, So, yeah, just just the two of them.
0: All right, mate. Thanks for that, Lukey. We can get all of your work at the great tip-off as well.
9: 100% cheers, Gareth.
0: Great to catch up with Luke Ovenessi and the number one form guru when it comes to harness racing is Darren Carroll, and he joins us now. We've got the trots at Mildura tonight. Daz, go through your best at Mildura tonight, mate, if that's okay, and then we'll have a chat about this Hunter Cup field.
10: Certainly, Daz. Um, yeah, so I'll let the first three races at Mildura tonight. So we'll go through them quickly for you. Race one, number two, Mercury Rising. Um, it's got really good gate speed. The key of the race is crossing Gouchy early, and I'm pretty confident it can do so. So if that's the case, then Drops back in troop, Jack, Jack Moore aboard, so very keen there. Race one, number two, Mercury Rising. Uh, second is uh, race two, number three, Sunshine Warrior. Again, i going to the map. I think it's got the gate speed to cross. Uh, it's had no luck at all its last couple of starts. I think it's ready to win, so race two, number three. And the third one, um, race three, number three, Sporty Filter. only had one run for Reese Moore. Just really liked to wake up to the line late in that race. Um, I think this is a winnable race for it. Jack Law aboard, um, and I think um, it's well-suited, around about um, $3.50 as well. So, race one, number two, Mercury Rising, race two, number three, Sunshine Warrior, and race three, number three, Sporty Trip, the three
1: for tonight.
0: Now, we just had a chat about this Barry draw for the AG Hunter Cup. We'll repeat the, the draw. Now catch a wave likely to go into barrier one after the emergency. Can't find a better man. Has drawn one, but he is the emergency. Catch a wave two. Typo three, Curly James four, the Shepherd and Cup champ. See Art five. The superstar of the sport, the Queenslander leap to fame, the Inter Dominion champion, Barrier number six, better eclipse seven. If any second to leap to fame. Max Delight, who won the Bendigo Cup, and then had a heart fibrillation the other day at Shepparton's drawn inside the second row in Barrier Eight, which is a good draw when you have a look at the speed map now. Spirit of Saint Louis Nine, Don't Stop Dreaming Ten, Beyond Delight Eleven, Mac Dan the stablemate Twelve, and the Ballarat champ, uh, the Ballarat champ of a couple of weeks ago, and Kanina Provlima has drawn outside that second row draw. What have you made from a first look at this barrier draw for Victoria's greatest harness race? Um, yeah, I think
10: most people were probably thinking the same as me that Leap to Fame from what will be most likely barrier five will probably find the front. Um, if I reckon Catch a Wave will uh, will hold out all those inside, um, and then it'll take a sit on Leap to Fame. So that's my read of the race, and that means Max Delight. Again, providing the emergencies out of the field retreat be and fence. So, um, then it's left to some of those ones making some moves in the race to put some tempo in it, but yeah, it's going to be hard.
0: Um, yeah, I think it'll be leader dominated and fence dominated, Gareth. So it's a case now that Andy has to weigh up. So does he hold the front and give him a poss- a chance of winning, or does he hand up and I don't think he can sit on catch a wave and, I mean, leap to fame and get past him. But then if he doesn't um, hand up, then he might be finishing down the track like he did, say, in the Eureka. Do you think they'll have the Eureka at the back of their mind or was that a case where it was just too bad to be true for him and there there was reports that he didn't settle there that well during that that period in the retention barn? So um, how do you assess this situation there with Andy Gath? And I know you're saying he's handing up, but if, or you would hand up. But if he does that, he's a dollar oh four, isn't he? Leap to fame.
10: Um, I think Leap to fame. What um, can I say? Probably the, the chance to beat him is to beat him with speed late. You can't. I don't think you can beat him with toughness. Um Catch yep. the wave has proven to be one of the quickest horses we've got off a of sit. Um. So if there does appear to be some pressure at some stage in the race which you think is, has to be likely a race like this, then the spot to be sitting on his back. So um, is he unbeatable? Look, he's $1. thirty for a reason. Um, but catch away, is not without a chance. And his best chance, in my opinion, that's just mine, is coming with one run and, uh, and betting with speed late. And we know how quick he can be. Hmm.
0: All right, then. So that completely makes sense. So you, you say that he's a small winning chance to catch away because of the draw. Yes,
10: that's right. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have thought right. if I was looking at a um, perfect case scenario for catch-a-wave pre-race,
0: this is it. Mm. Yep. All right,
10: then. That
0: sounds good for catch-a-wave. and, and yeah.
10: yeah. So Max Delight's the other interesting one. So three-back defensive seats already went trimmed up. If I think it's as fence-dominated as he is, he was about $6.50 about 10 minutes ago. He's trimmed into $5 now. But it's hard to go and back him early because... If the one does get a run, then it totally changes the map. So um, don't rush into that place bet until it gets a run.
0: All right. Yeah, Yeah. so it is going to be interesting, isn't it? And have they had the barrier draw for the Great Southern Star yet?
10: Yeah, very interesting, Gareth.
0: Yeah, the market's
10: are out as well. Um, So they've had those two two barrier draws. Um, The most intriguing one is the second heat, which just believes draw nine, and uh, RC Phoenix in three and Queen Elida in four. Um, oh, okay, so very intriguing, but I just believe rightly says a dollar thirty, but RC Phoenix has been trimmed up already eight and the sixes. Queen Elida falls out to fall eighty. Um, the intriguing part about this race is the top three go through, but then um, it's the fastest individual times that go through for the remaining okay. seven spots. In the last two that years, is- um, there've been a split of three and seven in the two heats, so one heat's always faster.
0: Yeah, No, that will be a fascinating um, narrative that will outplay there on Saturday night. We'll be live there on Racing.com, so you can watch all of the action there on Racing.com and listen to it, of course, on SEN Track for the SEN Track Hunter Cup. Get on you, Daz. Yep, great. Thanks, guys. Are we back in RC Phoenix to defeat Just Believe? I'll get... Yeah, I'll get that off him. I, I don't know if you can, the way that Just Believe is going, but... Um, we'll talk and di- dissect that with J- uh, Darren Carroll as the week goes on. Thanks to you Simon Orchard joins us. G'day, Simon.
11: Morning, G. Bulleye and Gosford today, my friend. Bulleye race four, number four, the best bet there go. Forward, Layla. I sound like a trainer here, mate, but she just needs to jump. If she can, I think she can win well. Five starts at track and trip for three wins. Box four record is good. Small field of six helps. She and even better for her, she's got a spare lid to her inside. Track and trip PB belts these up. The stats suggest that she's gonna run a good race. She's sixth up today, second up over the four seventy-two, fit and ready to rock and roll. Four four go forward layla at full eye. And then Gosford tonight, mate, race four number one, Arabesque for gets you when you're in around last start at Dubbo. Uh, box six, broader, i done then. I reckon she just wants to use a bit of the track. So box one's going to be interesting. Hopefully she can get out in front. If she can, I think she'll just drift up a little bit. Hopefully she puts a bit of a gap in them and she can run away. Race four, number one, Arabesque Best, at Gosford, four, four. Go forward, Layla, Best for Polite today.
0: Go and get them, brother. Thanks for that, Simon. Very much. There's Simon Orchard, Oz Equipment Rental Supplying Equipment to the Construction, Minings and Roadwork Industries, ozequipment.com and the Ultima Hotel in the heart of the Mallee, just down the road from Swan Hills. Swing by for a cold beer with Shane Bett and the team. And as, as always here on Getty Up, today's wagering update brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Let's take a break. The Midweek Masterclass coming up next.
7: On Gidea, it's now time
0: for the Midweek Masterclass. The popular Midweek Masterclass is where we help you try and find a few winners on a Wednesday afternoon at the Metro races and uh, we're racing at Sandown in Victoria on the lakeside, and Mitchie Lewis joins us now to go through his early look at this card. We're at uh, well, on a good four at the moment, the rails in the true. Hello to you, Mitch. Morning, Gareth. Um, what do you make of this program?
8: Yeah, well, I think it's pretty handy for what we've got in the last um, few weeks at Sandown, to be fair. So I think it'll play perhaps a little bit leaderish, ish um, but that's just uh, outstanding look at this stage, so there's a few that I'm keen to bet into, and I reckon I've got two at the minute that I think are slightly over, so that I'll hopefully be back today, and then they come in a little bit for our tips tomorrow.
0: Alright, then take it away with your specials.
8: So, race seven, number six. This is my value player of the day, catering for Tom Dabernick. Billy Egan takes the ride. I thought some of its form in the last um, prep stacked up quite nicely. Now, he's second up today, I think he's going to get a really good position from barrier four. And I thought the last start run at Sandown over the 1,300 metres, there were some signs there that going slightly up in trip here. I think it sets up nicely for Catering to run us a race at an each-way price. So he's at my tip there in race seven.
0: All right, then what else have you got for us?
8: And then in race eight, uh, number 10, big watch for the Moroni team and Blake shin in the saddle. So this horse... Was well backed at Sandown when it resumed on the 10th of January. Second up here today. I think there's improvement there. Um, It's up slightly in grade, but I think going up in trips sort of helps it there. I really like the setup. I think they put Blake Shin on. So from barrier four, I'm expecting Big Watch to be forwards in the run, and I think she can uh, stack up pretty well in this race.
0: All right, Big Watch there for Mike Moroni and Blake Shin. Any others for us there at Sandown, or are we just playing those two?
8: I reckon race three, number two, Immortality, I'm keen to keep an eye on, but I think
0: uh, oh, okay. he's at about
8: his right price. So he'll probably come through as a tip maybe tomorrow. I think the setup's all right for him, but he's at his, at his price now. So I'd be waiting and maybe we get a slight little drift on him. But um, yeah, those other two of the ones I think we can play early.
0: Jeez, I'm looking forward to this. Your tips at Mount Gambier. geez, you're hard to beat in your, own, in your own backyard, Mitchie Lewis, so take it away.
8: Yeah, so there's an interesting little setup here. So what I'm going to do in race three at this stage, Gareth, horse number one, Hot Suspect. This horse is nominated at Sandown as well, and Craig Williams booked at Sandown. I suspect that they'll go to Sandown. I'm not sure they'll come to Mount Gambier. Uh, He was the last start winner here at Mount Gambier. So if that's the case and the market's open, I know there might be a deduction, but if we can get in early on the four and are you... I think that people will come for this horse once Hot Suspect is out. Uh, Anaya is an ex-Gadolphin horse who's been running all right. Third up, up to a 2,000-metre trip now. I think that's really going to set up nicely for this mare. Uh, And like I said, just keep an eye on the markets, but I think you want to get on Anaya because you'll get the overs when Hot Suspect comes out, even after the deduction. I think the market will gravitate towards the four. And then in race four, I think number one, Dale's Rocket's probably going to be the best bet there. Last two runs, two from two at Mount Gambier over the track and trip. And the last start win in the Vigneron's Cup in Panola was very good. So the form stacking up on that horse, I'm not 100% sure what we'll get, but if we're getting plus 280, I think that's a good bet.
0: All right, then. So, um, yeah, I like a couple there. You like a couple there, so we'll play. So if I gave you $200, how would you stake that? In Mount Gambier? Yeah
8: probably going to go, I'll probably have 50, uh, yes, and I might keep another 50 just to, once the um, scratching deductions come through. Does that make sense? I want to just hold off a little bit, yep. and then I'm having 100 yep. straight out of Dale's rocket.
0: All right, mate. Go and get them. Appreciate your time, Mitchie. Catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. We'll chat tomorrow. Mark Roden's done the form for the Kenzo meeting at Ramwick. day, Mark. G'day, Gareth. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. Where do we start with your place?
12: Yeah, pretty uh, thin little card at Kenzo tomorrow. I'm starting in race five, looking for a bit of value around the favourite Morning Sun. Um, Going with number four, Edmund, who started a reasonably short price favourite in a very similar race to this a fortnight ago. Um, He did stick to the fence that day, and strangely, uh, the fence was no good on that particular occasion uh, at the Kenzo. I'm forgiving that run. Uh, as I said, he started favouring that race because his form prior to that. that was very solid for a race of this class. And we're getting, uh, what, around five fifty-six dollars tomorrow, which is a much better price than he was last start. And I think he's equally as good a chance if he can forgive that run. Morning Sun is obviously the one to beat. My little question mark on that um, on his form, um, it was a good debut Australian performance, but it was very slowly run that race. So whether he might uh, need another run... Um, To get him fit enough for a trip like 1,800 is just a little niggle in my mind, but obviously he looks like he's going to be very competitive. But at the price, lean to number four, Edmund.
0: Yep, and what else have you got for us, mate?
12: Got one more. In the last race, race seven, uh, Apprentices Only race, this one, uh, over 1,250. I think because it's an Apprentices Only race, there might be a bit more speed than we'd otherwise expect. I think a few of these inexperienced riders might just... Push forward and set it up for a horse like number five, Hanau, who's drawn a bit wide, has one of the better apprentices, obviously, in Zach Lloyd. On, uh, I think he'll stay out of the early speed battle. He was a strong winner at Newcastle last start. Uh, we saw at the last Kenzo meeting, especially later in the day, they were getting down the middle of the track uh, and there is a little bit of rain around. If that's the case again, uh, a horse like Hanau could be very well set up to win Um Second favourite, in- Infancy is going to go forward, the favourite, and I think, uh, as I said, it, with the expected uh, hot, uh, hot speed, might bring it undone and set it up for an hour number
0: five. All right, mate. We wish you the best of luck. Geez, I love the trial of Railway Man who goes around in that first race there as well. So, um, um, be interesting. Two-year-old, as they are. they're they're all interesting. These two-year-old races at this time of the year. Good on you, Mark. Thanks for that, mate. Thank you, Gareth. There's Mark Roden there. Let's take a break. Pete Anthony's not far away. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Midweek Masterclass um, on this Tuesday, racing in WA at Ascot. And uh, we've got seven races there. Um, uh, the rail's out 12 metres on a soft five at the moment. Pete Anthony, have you been able to find one for us?
13: Yeah, I think so, Gareth. Uh, so just looking at race one, Kiki Wualamale, uh for the Ken Jimmy team, um, look, that horse's trial really, really quietly under hold to Jared Noski. Look, it's a small field, so I think the horse would probably settle worse in midfield, but looks ready to explode first up. And last prep, we saw it heavily backed uh, into favourite down the straight at Pinjarra. So, look, I think that's the way I'm angling. There's no markets at the moment. So, you know, hoping for around sort of 280 or so to, to get involved, but we might get a price there with bayzed um doing some good stuff and bisector uh simply rosso one last start so we might actually get a price there
0: all right then what else have you got for us
13: that's pretty much it the for, uh, for the card guys. Yeah. it's pretty pretty plain otherwise um maybe sas m- machine in race three but again i'm expecting that horse goes up pretty short so i i'll just be monitoring the market there but Look, uh, 38, thirty eight, thirty nine degrees, twilight meeting. They're not getting started till after 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. So, um, yeah, early dinner and late night viewing.
0: Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. We wish you the best of Good luck. Well, just had a done. Ch- just um, had a chat to a few people from Kiramar Racing. Um, I've just been, like, I thought this might happen, but it's now been confirmed. So Kiramar and David Eustace... They're on 102 winners, say, for the Victoria Trainer Premiership. That is it. So they start again with David uses now off the ticket. Um, obviously, David finished up there on Saturday. So they're 22 in front of Lindsay Park. You would imagine they won't be holding on. Um, Lindsay Park would be training more than 20-odd winners for the rest of the season. So they're 10 in front of Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. So I would imagine, um, on default, we'll be having a new premiership winning training combination. Um, They're 53 and uh, the Lindsay Park team are on 34. So that might be a big enough buffer to hang on to win the Victorian Metro trainer premiership. Um, But it's interesting now. They're not going to get Chris Waller in um, Sydney, of course. But, yeah, that is interesting that now Kieran Ma has to start from scratch um, from a trainer's premiership point of view now since he'll be training... um, the horses by himself, um, but I, I think it's a big team effort at Kiramar Racing, I don't think, that doesn't make sense to me, I think sometimes in this world that we live in, common sense should prevail. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning, we're live from Karaka for day three of the sales, it's been another pretty handy start to day three, this is the final day of book one, Andrew Seabrook over the moon with the success of the The sales, once again, they've had a really good 12 months, especially with the ready-to-run last November into, of course, uh, this year's sale. Um, We just broke that news. We had um, a couple of interesting talking points regarding that premiership, regarding Kiramar and David Eustace. Chris Nelson now joins us as part of the the Midweek Masterclass. G'day, Chris. Good morning, Gareth sometimes, and you might disagree with me here, but sometimes racing shoots itself in the foot and common sense doesn't prevail so Kiramar and David Eustace basically, well Kiramar racing has to start from scratch now after the departure of David Eustace now, when you when you have a look at how the stables are run these days nothing's going to change really, I know David leaves, but nothing really is going to change, Kiran's the only one on the ticket, basically got the same teams, um, right across the country, and now they're they're going to be penalised, and they have to go go back to, to zero in a way for Kira Mar. They still might hang on, David Eustace and Kira Ma and win the Victorian Metro Premiership. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know about that decision. I know it's I so, know it's a decision when someone gets suspended or um, someone the, the the partnership separates, like what's happened to Dave Eustace. But it doesn't make it doesn't make sense sense to me.
14: So you're saying that now it's. Kiramar on his own and his victories or his, his wins for the season total zero.
0: Correct. So they, nah, they stay at not. the Premiership where, they, where they're at now. So they're yep. about 20-odd in front of Lindsay Park in the Victoria Metro Premiership. But every winner that Kiramar gets from now on doesn't go to that tally. It goes back to a tally um, where he starts on from scratch. Own. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a possibility strange. that Kiramar might finish second or third, or he might even still win the Victoria Metro Premiership, but they're probably looking at the numbers there. There's a strong possibility that Kiramar could finish fourth or fifth, and he could finish second or first with David Eustace. <laughs> that's odd, isn't it? Is that all Work around that Australia out? or just Victoria? That's, that's, yep, that's, 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 all, that's, over that's all over Australia. Yeah, oh, yep. yeah.
14: That's, that's a funny one.
0: It is a funny one. Well, can we have, can you find us a few winners at Doombin tomorrow?
14: Well, I hope so. It's a bit uh, it's a bit wet here. Where you are is usually wet, but uh, at the moment, we're really no. popping it. So heaps of rain overnight, heaps more to come. So I think 71 in the last two days or 71 mils at Doombin. So we're on a heavy 10. It's probably higher than that. And we're supposed to get more today. So I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow, but I would imagine it's going to be pretty wet if we run and we've got a rail of 11 and a half metres. So you'd want to be up on speed somewhere, and you want to be a mudlark. So we'll go with these two Annabelle Neesham-trained horses that look well-placed. Race four, number one, Plundering. I know he doesn't win too often. Uh, he's won three of 13, but he's never far away, and he comes through much, much stronger races in Sydney. Uh, he's ran third to Contemporary, third to Felix Majestic, second to With Your Blessing, uh, fourth to Gustav Sissimo. He's got really good form. If he's ever going to break through again today, or tomorrow's going to be the day. he's had two goes on heavy for a win in the second. He looks really well-placed with the claim for C.J. Graham, who's fresh off those four winners on Saturday. And race seven, number 11, uh, African Daisy, should I say. African Daisy, uh, another one that comes through Sydney with stronger form lines. Had one run back from a break, and that was a good effort running second to Terra Mata, who's very, very promising. Four goes on heavy for a win and two placings. So both of those horses should settle on speed. Both of those horses handle the heavy ground and they've both got form lines stronger than their opposition. So should they run, should we run, I think they'll be winning.
0: We appreciate uh, appreciate you on the midweek masterclass, Chriso, and um, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Look forward to it. Have a good day there, Gareth. Or have you got another one for us?
14: No, 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 that's it. That's all I've got at the moment. Perfect. Look, I just don't know how many of these are going to run and whatever, so it's a bit awkward at the moment, but those two do stand out.
0: Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks, Gareth. There's Chris Nelson there. It's 8 minutes past 10 in the east, 8 minutes past 12 here in New Zealand. Um, of course, 8 minutes past 7 o'clock with our friends over there in WA. And it is 8 minutes past 9 in Queensland. Don't go anywhere, especially our Queensland listeners, because their superstar, Pace Leap to Fame, has drawn barrier number 6 in the AG Hunter Cup, which is Harness Racing's biggest dance in Victoria, one of the, the best races on the Australasian Harness Racing calendar. And we'll be talking trots coming up next as we face the breeze, thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound, with Jack Trainer and Anthony Butt.
7: On gear, Up, Facing the Breeze, with Anthony Butt
15: and Jack Trainer.
0: Well, it's a big night of harness racing at Tepcourt Park Melton on a Saturday night. It's the biggest night for the sport in harness racing in the Garden State, AG Hunter Cup night. And also we've got the Great Southern Star. We just had the Barry draws for those two features. Of course, the Great Southern Star is a little bit different. You have your two heats and then the final. So you need to qualify to make it into that final. On that particular night, Racing.com will be doing the coverage live there at uh, Melton. You can watch that, of course, on Racing.com and also listen to it on SEN Track. For SEN Track Hunter Cup night, let's welcome in the team, Anthony Butt joins us. G'day, Ants. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. How many 100 cups have you won? Six, seven, eight? Uh, seven. Seven. I was just... Oh, I knew it was seven. I'm just wondering if you would ever forget that number. You won that many. Um, hello to you, Jack Trainer.
7: Yeah, good morning, boys.
0: It was funny. I've been in New Zealand. I'm live at Caraca. And, geez, you, you, you two are still very popular here in your home country. But I caught up with the wonder kid there the other day, Dexter Dunn. And he was with Johnny Dunn and um, his brother and... Um, Old Dexter, not old Dexter, but geez, he's a, he's a good man and he's loving life at the moment. He's the world's best driver there, Ants. Yeah,
4: we're so lucky, Gareth. We? We've got the world's best driver and the world's best jockey. So, uh, yeah. you know, Dexter's done an amazing job and, you know, he works really hard during the summer and that over there. They're flat out. But, you know, the good thing about it, they get to sort of have three or four months off over the winter when things quieten down and he can get home for a while and catch up with everyone. So, you no, know, he's living the life.
0: So what's the go there? So how, is it a little bit like Hong Kong racing where they have a period where they just go flat out, as you pointed out, and and then over the winter months then it, they, they don't race? What's the schedule like there?
4: No, they still race, but all the stakes races finish basically about the middle of November, and then basically from then on till about April, uh, May, you know, they're just, just general overnight races sort of thing for the yep. lower-class horses, so there's nothing major, so... You know, they can turn up if they want to or have a couple of months off and it doesn't really affect them. They still rock rock up, uh, you know, when they want to in sort of, you know, February, March and um, and plenty of time for the, when the good horses start racing.
0: So is Tech still the number one driver over there or is he Timmy Tetrick and a few of the locals catching up to him once again?
4: Uh, the boys caught up last year. I think Yannick and Tim might have beaten for state money last year, but uh he was still right up there. He, he actually had a few months off last year and didn't get the same amount of winners, but still was really high up in the money one sort of thing. So he, I think he finished third in the money one, which is the main thing up there. And um, But yep. Yannick and Tim, they sort of don't take as long off as, as Dexter did. So they probably got a bit of a head start on him, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back this year bigger and better than ever
0: jack trainer is there any chance that you might be heading to america or are you happy staying place here it's sort of like when you talk to jay mac are you going to hong kong or not um you'd probably get sick of people asking you that question
7: <laughs> oh, i'd like to be considered like jay mac i'd like to have his bank anyway but yeah it's something i'd like to do gareth um obviously i've still got that ridiculous inquiry hanging over my head here at the moment so my hands are a bit tight at the moment but once that sort of comes to an end and I can see things a bit clearer, then um, it's something that I'd like to try out while I'm young enough and have no ties here for sure.
0: We just got the Hunter Cup draw out. Leap to fame, strong barrier six, catch a wave two, but probably goes into one because can't find a better man's the emergency that's drawn barrier number one. Other big guns, better eclipse outside front row, draw barrier seven. Don't stop dreaming. Um, he's, I think he's better start dreaming because he's drawn the second row. Curly James in the middle line. See your art five, their awkward draws. Typo, who's drawn outside of uh, Catch a Wave and Barrier Three. MacDan and Beyond Delight are out the gate now because of their second row draws. Um, geez, Max Delight's at $41. He could be the place bet there with Bet365 because I think he's a big chance of running a place drawn right behind Catch a Wave. And then. What will happen if I back him right now for the plays, there'll be a scratching, and then um, he follows out, can't find a better man, and you're in all sorts of trouble there, Ants. But um, how do you see this race? Darren Carroll, our form guru, is of the opinion that Kate Gass got a hand up to leap to fame and then probably try and out-dash him down that sprint lane there at uh, Melton. How do you you see this race?
4: Yeah, I think that's probably the scenario, Gareth. Like, hopefully catch away is quick enough out of the gate, you know, from one, one can be a bit tricky, you know, um, but hopefully he's, he's fast enough to hold the, those middle lot out, and um, then when Leap to Fame comes, you know, Kate's got a decision to make, but, you know, I think Andy and that have been pretty open, and the fact that he is a great horse coming off a helmet, so you would think that would be the scenario, otherwise you're going to be in front, and you're probably going to be copping a fair bit of pressure, you know, over the 2700. so... Yeah, I think that's the way to end up. And as you said, next to light, you know, three fences, always a great spot at Melton.
0: I think over a mile he would hold the front, but when it gets over 2,700, Jackie, he's not a, I think he's a better short course horse than he is a stay, catch a wave.
7: Yeah, I agree, Gareth. I think over the mile I'd probably roll the dice and, um, yeah, what better horse to sit on than Leap to Fame? If they have the option. It, it gives you your chance to beat it, and if you're not able to do so, it probably nearly guarantees you to run second in a great state race. So uh, the only probably <clears throat> the only thing is with Leap to Fame he's probably there's probably not a lot of pressure. If he does find the front, it probably Grant probably gets the chance to back off and turn it into more of a dash. Doesn't seem to be too many in the field that would be uh, making a mid race move or keen to put the pressure on the favourite. So. Hopefully, there's enough going on early to make it an exciting race, but the way the draws fall, and that seems to be the map.
0: But in saying that, Jack, do you think that he's got to be careful, Dixon, that he's got to make sure that he does roll along a little bit and try and take the, the sting out of a catcher wave? Because we've seen how quick he is in the past catcher wave. Um, he's got a terrific turn of foot, and Leap to Fame wouldn't want to stack and rack too much, would he? Because... He could be vulnerable with his turn of foot, or do you think that doesn't matter?
7: Oh, definitely. There's always a fine line, especially when you're in these top races against these better horses. Mm. But, um, yeah, I I think, obviously, Grant knows what he's doing, but I think that it'd be hard to see a scenario with the way he's going, uh, with the way Lake of Fame's going, that probably catch a wave could come off his back, especially on the short straight of Melton.
0: Is there any chance So, like, I think Leap Defame the more you look at this race and you're listening to an astute judge like Jack ants, that a dollar is great value at the moment with bet 365.
4: Yeah, you'd think so. Gareth,
0: he's, you know, you think he's going to find the front and it's
4: get said like, you know, it's going to be hard for a horse to, to come off his back and beat him up the lane in uh, Melton. You know, it's probably only 150 metres and, you know, Leap defame's awfully fast as well. And, uh, you couldn't imagine something. It's got to make up a length and a half on him in 150 metres. So, yeah, it's really his race to lose now. And um, and yeah, we just hope there's a bit of mid race pressure. A few of those ones out the back have probably got to get up there at some stage. And, uh, and there's probably no desk seed horse, so it gives the ones back in the field a bit of confidence to make a move and bit of to find the desk. So yeah, I think there's you know these big races there's always a bit of action.
0: So we've got also the Yabby Dam Farms Great Southern Star that goes alongside the SEN Track AG Hunter Cup. Um, we'll start with the first heat. Hammers Law, the horse that you drive, barrier number one. There's no real big guns here, really. Majestuoso, six. Keyang Knight, barrier number four. Um, Mufaso Metro, barrier number five here, it's Maybe you can cause uh, call the breeze, of course, barrier number two. Maybe you can cause a bit of an upset.
4: Oh, <laughs> I'll be dreaming, Gareth, but no. Yes. But no. As you said, yeah, the heats are funny. Like the, the second heat's way stronger than the first heat, and you know, I don't think Harness Racing Victoria done a great job really selecting the heats. You'd like to think that, you know, the two pretty even heats, but uh, it's not the case. So, um, you Call Me the Breeze, he was pretty impressive at uh, Ballarat. So you think he'd come on from that run, and you know, he looks the one to beat. You know, he's all muscles, been awfully good. You know, winning down in the grades and. I wouldn't count him out, and, you know, my Metro is always round about it in the, in the big ones, but, mm. as you said, this heat's definitely uh, way weaker than the second heat.
0: And in the second heat, you've got horses like Hot to Trot, RC Phoenix, Queen of Leader, so three and four, RC Phoenix, Queen of Leader, and Just Believe, Barry Nine. Is, it, is there any chance that RC Phoenix could hold the front and win this race from the fence, or you just think that even Queen and Leader... Um, who was pretty good last week, I thought. Or is it Just Believe just in a different class, Ants?
4: No, I wouldn't count R.C. Phoenix out. Like, he's run at uh, Bendigo was outstanding. And, you know, you'd think he'd find the front and, and run along like he did there and give them, you know, make the others chase him. And, uh, you know, Just Believe he hasn't got a bad draw. He's probably going to settle pretty handy, probably on the back of Queen Alita by the time they all get across. And uh, so, but yeah, over a mile, it's always a bit different. And, um, you know, RC Phoenix would probably only want to get a, you know, one easy quarter, and you know he's going to take some running down. So, and you said it's only the heat, and um, you know, just believe won't be, you know, going to the well too much. But obviously, you got to get in the first three to get in the final. So, Greg will be wary of that. So, no, I could see RC Phoenix beating them all.
0: Have we got the process right with the way... I'll come to you, Jack. don't think I'm ignoring you, but do you think that we've got the process right with the way that they do the Barry draws after the, the, the Great Southern Star, ants? Because you've seen heats that, and we might see the same here, where one heat's a lot quicker than the other. And it's a big advantage, I would imagine, going in the second heat.
4: Yeah, well, I think last year that was the case, Gareth. I think, um, I think six from one heat got in and um, only three or four... From the others because the heats were a lot quicker. Yep. So no, I, I just like to make it keep it simple. You know, just the first, you know, first five from each get in. Really, that yep. that simplifies it. And, Is that uh, the case? Because they, it,
0: they keep on changing it. What's the situation of? I think it's the fir- What's the situation now?
4: It's the first three in each heat get in automatically. Yep. Uh, then the next then four the fastest. fastest. Yeah. So as, as I said, if one heat's way faster than the other heat, you can run. Um, what are we going back to seventh and and get in the final against a horse that's run fourth in the other heat. So yeah,
0: so and yeah, that's and a lot of times it's out of your hands. You, yeah, you you get dictated to. Um, if you're drawn, say for a horse like Blue Conan, who's drawn outside the front row, and you get called with the breeze, he waltzes to the front. He's all muscles, not going to put pressure on. Um, because he's going to finish first and second. They're not going to go any any speed. Um, so he's in all sorts of trouble. So, yeah, I agree with you. First five past the post would be the way to go. Do you agree there, Jack?
7: Yeah, I think so, Gareth. I think you can overcomplicate things. And um, what? how easy, How much easier can it be? Just first five home, that's how it should be.
0: Yeah. Um, what about Chris Alford, Jack Train? He's not far away from 8,000 wins. Uh, it's extraordinary when you think about it.
7: Yeah, it's a it's a great effort, Gareth. Obviously, um, Chris has been around for a long time, and I remember even just growing up in New Zealand when we tuned into the uh, Australian racing. Um, you know, he was still one of the people that you'd follow over here. And like Ant said last week, he's a great competitor. He's um, you know, he's a hell of a good bloke and always good for a laugh in the drivers' room. And uh, I remember sometimes staggering home on a Saturday was Sunday morning after some of these bigger meetings at Menangle, and few hours later you see chris who you were racing with about five hours ago is racing in the middle of nowhere in victoria on sunday morning he'd drive straight through the night so he's a hard worker and a legend of the sport
0: yeah he's he's someone else isn't he something else chris alfred and what about that situation this time last week there at uh, Maryborough? um it was extraordinary to see how he was able just to to survive that has that ever happened to you
4: um no not really gareth i remember one time back in the old days i got hit from behind in the old wooden carts and it, it snapped at the crop both crossbar uh both shafts snapped at the crossbar but it was probably full of borer and was probably about 100 years old so no we don't see it too often in these new carts and uh you know thankfully uh you know
7: that's the case
0: yep um jack have you got any winners for us coming up
7: yeah i don't mind one on saturday gareth um picked up the drive on Mac Da Vinci. So key driver change yes. there, the Prince is off and i on, and he shouldn't be hitting the gate this week, so he should be hard to beat.
0: Yeah. Um, for Peter Hanson, he's turned that horse around, Mac Da Vinci. South Coast Arden, there's talk that he might get into the race, Hans, and that race is starting to build up momentum now, being in New Zealand. And um, unfortunately, we lost a Cooter, who's out injured, and we might not see him again, but he's definitely out for the season, which is unfortunate. Um and I don't know what Sways is doing, Jack. Your mate, Jack Jason Grimson, is keeping his cards close to his chest at the moment. Are you hearing any whispers?
7: Yeah, I've heard a bit. He, he's keen on the New Zealand, but there's something going on about you're trying to take a ten percent share off this year or something, and he's not happy with that deal. <laughs> so, if you give up your share, Gareth, on the side, he, you might near get him. I reckon.
0: <laughs> Jeez, he's hard to he's hard to deal with, ants old Jason Grimson and the team. Um, be interesting which way he goes, but you can't get too greedy these days, can you, Ants?
4: No, no, you, sometimes you've got to take what you can get, Gareth. And
0: I um, know yes. that race is
4: looking really interesting because it looks as though a fair few of them are going to head there instead of Perth. So, uh, you know, the New Zealand ranks are pretty thin at the moment at that real top level. So I think there'll be plenty of Aussies, um, you know, looking to head over.
0: I think Catch Wave definitely wants to head over. Um, I reckon Merlo might get a slot. So I think there's still a, little, still a little bit to play out. But I reckon the way that South Coast Arden went there the other day, he might be heading back to New Zealand. So um, um, you, have you got any options, Jack? And has your phone been ringing? No, nah, like I said, Gareth, yeah,
7: we've got a few obstacles to get over before April. But um, hopefully if I'm still around, Chase might have two or three in one of the races, I might be able to just fly in on the day.
0: And that trotting slot race is going to be something else as well, Ants. Yeah, that's it's
4: about the same, There's, you There's know, a lot of depth in Australia and not much in New Zealand. So it's probably going to be the best trotting race we've seen for you know, three or four years where you know, most of the big guns are all going to meet for the first time in a long time. So you know, that could nearly uh, take the prize on the night for the, the most exciting race.
0: We take J-Mac away from you. We've taken Dexter, or well, America's taken Dexter away. We've got Ants in Australia, Jack Trainer. Um, geez, poor old New Zealand. They need to have a few of their superstars head back. Ants.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, we all get back there now and again. And as we've seen them, I said they with J-Mac. Just go back, take all their money in, and leave again. So um, no, it's, yeah. it's looking, the Kiwis are going well.
0: We're going to take J-Mac out. He was talking to Dexter. We'll take him out to your stables there, Jack, and we'll see if he can drive one.
7: He's welcome any time, as long as I don't have to go do the reverse and try and ride one.
0: (laughs) That's a very good point you make. Hey, boys, a lot of fun. Who wins the... A horse you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Have you had a horse for us to back?
4: No, I've got nothing to win. Gareth. I've tipped all my winners the last few weeks, so... I All right. bullets for can
7: this Jack, week.
0: can you help us out? Can you help us out, Jack?
7: I already told you, Gareth, yeah, Mac Da Vinci, it's a key driver change. It's, that's what I'm <laughs> banking on. All
0: right, then. There we go. Um, great to see Jack Callaghan in town as well um, for the Hunter Cup. So, just believe and leap to fame pretty easy for the great Southern star and the Hunter Cup, Ants.
4: Yeah, I think so, Gareth. I, I think Class will you know, come to the rise to the top for the final. So, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Just Believe gets beat in the heat, but, you know, you'd think he'd be winning the final.
0: Love your work, boys. Make sure you go to Garrett Horse and Hound for all of your equine essentials. Garrett's Horse and Hound stocking the largest range at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. Next time I'm at Horse and Hound, I'll buy you a set of Hobbles ants and I'll buy you a pair of goggles, Jack Trainer, and some blinkers and a tongue tie. <laughs>
7: And my Melbourne Cup tickets and my UFC tickets. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good I on you boys. Some <laughs> yes. See you, boys. See you later, lads. There we go Anthony Button, Jack Trainer. Thanks to Garrett's Horse and Hounds, in the largest range of the best prices. Visit au. It's uh, news time. Welcome back to getting Up, Gareth Hall, with you on this. Uh, Tuesday morning for day three of the Karaka sales. One of the most respected bloodstock agents in New Zealand is Phil Cataldo, who has been able to buy so many wonderful horses over his illustrious career. And he's got some story to tell, and he joins us here at Karaka. Hello to you. Phil, thanks for your time, mate.
15: Thanks for having me on, Gareth. Um, um, great to be here.
0: I, I met you for the first time there the other night with Michael Kent Jr., and you, you work closely with the Michael Kent Jr. and Mick Price camp, and... I was blown away and fascinated by your story, mate. Um, how did you start in this game and how you got involved in the bloodstock industry?
15: Uh, well, growing up, um, racing was always in our household when I was a young fella. And uh, my dad, in conjunction with the Muleau brothers, um, always had five or six horses in training. And uh, we were avid race goers. And um, it really went from there.
0: Yeah, so... So it was in your blood, and you you loved the game. You worked in stables for several years, but how did you learn the ability to find and identify a good horse?
15: Um, Just through following experts, really, at Caraca and um, other sales. um, I was fortunate enough to um, be able to shadow uh, one of the great agents from the BBA and Joss Collins early on and uh, learned an awful lot of him. Um, a vet that I had the utmost respect for, Kim McKellar. Um, he was a big help to me over the years, and he had X-ray eyes, in my opinion, a, a brilliant... Um, uh, he could analyse a horse probably know- better than anybody, uh, yeah. Kim, and it was a pleasure being able to shadow him, for sure.
0: So when you talk about the great trainers, sometimes they just have that that, that ability. They've got an eye to and say, all right, this horse, start." it doesn't add another gallop... Um, take him back to the stables or give him another gallop, you know they've they can they've got that gut feel is it a situation with bloodstock agents and especially how you identify horses on a racetrack or at the trials where um, some people have got it, some people haven't?
15: I, I guess so, I mean um, with what I do my specialty is sort of more trial horses and race horses so you can see them at full gallop and um, to me it's quite obvious the ones that can run and the
0: ones that can't yeah so trailing horses and you've been how able to have so much success in purchasing horses from the trials in New Zealand and you've been doing it for a long time now I don't know for instance you, you purchased Thunderstruck for OTI and, and Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr talk us through the process when you first saw this horse
15: yeah I'm Thunderstruck he trialed at Tiara as a back-end two-year-old and I was on a very heavy track at Tiara that day and I think it was only about a seven horse field but he went from last to first so quickly that um, he was a quite obvious one uh, really but showed enormous acceleration albeit on heavy ground um, and he was a great type to go with it so he sort of had the flashing light on him I
0: guess. Yeah so the process then so once you identify it how quick do you need to be to purchase it and is it like a it would be a game within a game because you'd have a few other agents probably seeing what you saw there that day, so how how does that process go?
15: Yeah, for sure, I mean with um, technology today um, a lot of the trials are on the thoroughbred racing sites within 10 or 15 minutes of them being run, so the advantage that I have is being Johnny on the spot and uh, because I've been doing it for quite a while now, I, I have a good rapport with a lot of the trainers and owners and um, I've done good business with a lot of them over the years and um, I guess they know that if I'm looking at their horse it's genuine and more often than not I can get it over the line.
0: So I'm fascinated by this Phil, so not only do you do the trials but you also go out to track work to try and identify the horses or talk to the trainers before they get to the trials?
15: Yeah, for sure. Well, I live in Cambridge, which is the racing capital of New Zealand, I guess, and between Cambridge and Matter, which are about half an hour apart, there's between 1,500 and 2,000 horses in training most yeah. of the year round, so, uh, no, really lucky to live in that area, and yeah, I, I, I go to the track on a fairly regular basis, um, obviously uh, go to the trials and the races, the sales, stables, farms, etc.,
0: this is getting up on a Tuesday morning. We're live at Caraca for day three of the sales. We're having a chat to well-respected New Zealand Bloodstock agent Phil Cotaldo, and he's been talking about his journey so far, and he's he's a man that features at these yearling sales, but he does a lot of his work at the trials and buying tried horses. Um, so who's the best? Like, Thunderstruck was a great horse. Who's been your favourite horse that you've identified over the years?
15: Yeah, he's certainly right up there. Um I've been very fortunate to work um, with Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott over the years as well and had quite a bit of success with yeah. them. Um, we had Discarado; who yeah. was a great horse for us. And um, uh, in the earlier years, we had Coco Cabana, who won an Oaks and a Metropolitan. Herculean Prince also won a Metrop for Gay. It was her 100th Group 1 winner, so that yeah. was special. Um, bought Mr Brightside as a yearling at Caraca at the May Sale so obviously he's been a great advert for me and um
0: so why did you choose Brightside what did you see in him that others didn't
15: well he had no pedigree being by bullbars but he was um a real athletic shape um had a great front end on him uh, was very athletic a great mover yeah um so yeah he was definitely a type over pedigree job yeah. Mr Brightside
0: so do you do a lot of pin hooking as well?
15: No, I, I try and stay out of pin hooking yep. and race horse ownership. It sort of is a bit of a conflict of interest. <laughs> yes. And, uh, no, I, I try and avoid that, to be honest. Yeah.
0: So um, so you'll go to the trials and I try and identify these horses. Is it getting more difficult, especially with the success of the New Zealand bred horses of recent times, to, to get these horses for the right prices?
15: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Quite often, if, if something looks good at the trials, it, it can become an auction pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so, again, that's the advantage that I have of being, you know, sometimes first in the queue, I guess. Um, but, no, I mean, word spreads really quickly. And, you know, with, as I say, technology, there can be 10 horses on the, 10 people, rather, on the one horse and within half an hour of it going over the line. So quite often it does become an auction and realistically you can't, blame the owners for no. for you know, wanting to get the best price that they can obviously
0: What about the Hong Kong market as well do you enjoy playing into that because I would imagine a lot of your business would be in that market
15: um, To a point I mean yeah. uh, in Hong Kong the, most of the owners and trainers up there they have their own agents and I, I, I do sell a few horses into Hong Kong uh, but Australia is really the target market for me.
0: Yep, and you've had so much success, I was, so with Price and Kent Junior, all the stable stars you've picked for them basically
15: <laughs> The New Zealand ones, yeah. certainly some of them, yes. Yeah. The
0: yeah. majority globe he was a globe. great horse, yeah, well, he yeah. still is a good horse, hopefully we can see the best of him in this, this campaign.
15: Yeah, for sure um, no, he was most impressive at his first four runs and then he had a A bit of a problem at his fifth run but apparently he's um had spelled well and he's back in training at darren Weir's. and uh, i saw a video of him working yesterday and um he looked really good so no they've um hopefully he can get to the cox plate later this later this year
0: well um thanks for your time mate next time you find a superstar let us know can you in um at the new zealand trials what's your favorite trial track I'd rather not say. All right then, that's a vi- I-, I love that. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to keep a close eye on you, um, Phil. Thanks for your time. I think it's fascinating, especially, like we see these these horses and purchased at the yearling sale. But you've got you've gone down at a different path uh, as a bloodstock agent. So I think anyone listening out there that, want to get into this game, it's a beautiful game. There's so many other different options that you, be- you that you can become an expert in to, to make a career out of this this sport.
15: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do buy. A, and untried horses as well obviously at yep. the um, yelling sales and the ready to run and it, it's all part of it I mean we're so privileged to be in the industry that we're in um, you know obviously the horses the people the excitement the the fashion the trend the yeah. new the new size it's uh, yeah it all um, creates great theater and that's why we're all here and um, we all go back into battle again today
0: and you've come a long way from being a fisherman to Um, buying horses, sending cassettes to um, everywhere around the country and then getting a lucky break to get Robbie Waterhouse on your side and then the rest has been history.
15: Yeah, you know, it was quite an ironic story how I got on to Robbie Waterhouse in the first place and it was sort of, I guess, reward for effort, chasing every lead down and uh, I... uh I sold my first lot of horses to um, some gentlemen from Hong Kong. Uh, they bought three horses on their first outing here and it took me another five years to sell the next one. So it was a long, hard road. And, um, yeah, so chasing every lead, <coughs> excuse me, ended up um, getting my first real big break, being able to sell to to Robbie and Gay.
0: And that's perseverance and love for the game because did you ever think about giving up?
15: I'm um, oh, afraid of failure, really, so yeah. no. <laughs> well,
0: that's in the, you just keep on inspiring now. You're one of the most successful in the game, mate. So we, we appreciate your time here, um, Phil, on this uh, Tuesday morning, mate. And, um, yeah, good luck buying your next champion. If you can find another bright side, that'd be good. <laughs>
15: yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Gareth.
0: On Giddy Up, the Hong Kong Corner. For the latest on Hong Kong Racing, go to hkjc.com. And we've talked to Andrew Seabrook about the interest in Hong Kong and the Hong Kong Jockey Club's been busy at the sales here at Karaka. The Kiwi man himself, Tommy Wood, joins us. G'day to you, Tommy. And it was great to see, as they always are, the Hong Kong Jockey Club and Hong Kong buyers have been active here in New Zealand.
16: Yep, they certainly have. Gareth, morning to you. Um, Jockey Club have brought uh, several runners uh, through, or horses through uh, Boomer Bloodstock down there. Uh, Danny Rolston engages uh, uh, Boomer to uh, do all that uh, work uh, down under. So it looks like the and they're to see where the money's gone.
0: Yeah, and did you see Victor the winner doing what he did in the Group 1 Centenary Sprint Cup there on Sunday?
16: No, honestly, honestly, didn't see that coming from uh, Victor the winner. I thought uh, a horse uh, like Wizkid would have put a, a bit more pressure on him uh, when they've gone 24-3 and then 22-95 and sprinted home in 22-18 uh, the winner. It was almost impossible for horses back in the field to get past him but. The way that uh, he was able to dictate off the front, the second group one win for uh, Derek Lung here, of course, uh, going back to uh, uh, two thousand and seventeen with the beauty generation uh, winning the mile for uh, Derek Lung. Uh, so Victor the winner was terrific um, they're talking about maybe going overseas with him now. Uh, Dubai is not on the cards, but Japan uh, certainly is for uh, Danny Shum. Um, Lucky Swain, he, he's run home in 2,198, but he was very slow to uh, get going. Mm. Uh, Stewart's released yesterday that he's also pulled up lame in a, a front leg yesterday as uh, well. So we're back to the drawing board there with him. I, I just wonder if they, I know the next race is coming up over 1,400 metres, the, the Queen Silver Jubilee Cup, but uh, just wonder if um, he's just struggling over the 1,200 metres now that he, he is looking for a bit further just with the, the way the wheels spin in those early stages.
0: Zach Burton had a big day with six winners, but J-Mac's back on Sunday.
16: He is. Uh, we've got uh, the Classic Mile coming up for this weekend. He's riding mm-hmm. how deep is your love, of course, for uh, John Sires, We're down to a field of 11 in the Classic Mile this year. Doesn't look like a, a vintage mm-hmm. renewal, that's for sure, but uh, I think we'll see a lot more horses step out when it comes to the 1,800 metres, of course, for the, the Classic Cup uh, coming up in a, a few weeks after. But uh, yes, a big weekend for Zach, but didn't get the one he wanted to yeah. be
0: We'll catch up with you tomorrow for a few winners at Happy Valley. Thanks for that, Tommy.
16: Thanks, Gary.
0: There's Tom Wood there. Thanks to the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Thanks to NZB. It's been great fun here at Caraca. I'll be back in Melbourne tomorrow, but for now, have a wonderful day. And keep watching nzb.co.nz for all the latest of the Caraca sales.